Well, hello, King of Kings, and Greg, thank you. Uh, I've been getting to know Greg a lot more lately, and man, you guys have an outstanding lead pastor. I've been close to the core for a few years, but as I've gotten to know Greg, I'm more impressed with him. Follow him on Instagram and Facebook, and he's just a great guy. Um, So, yes, I do work for a Canadian, for those of you who know who my boss is and who our company is, but I want you to know I am a diehard Nebraska Cornhuskers fan, so you can trust me. I just, I know that we're, we keep close around here, but it's a big deal to us Nebraskans, so I want you to know, you can trust me, I went to a game last year. Hopefully, we all get to go to a game this year. Hopefully. We'll see. Um, But I want to talk to you about March 13th. If you all remember, that's kind of the day the whole world uh, went crazy, if we want to say it. Uh, It was when most of the legal systems and most of everywhere else realized, oh no, coronavirus is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a really big deal here in the States. It's going to be a really big deal here in your life. It's going to be a little bit scary for a while. Uh, We all had different experiences with the virus and realizing, oh, this isn't just going to be another one of those news headlines that gets overblown like every snowstorm here in Nebraska. But we all had a different journey of realizing that. For me, I follow a couple business leaders named Seth Godin and Tim Ferriss. They're outstanding guys, uh, and I love their email sequences that they send. But that same, I realized and received an email from them within 24 hours of each other, each separately emailing me saying, hey, this coronavirus deal is actually a real thing, and it's a real problem. And when I saw that, I went, oh, no. If these guys are talking about something other than business and their podcasts, I'm a little concerned. So I went down the rabbit hole. And I think we all did this. I, I think about when you did this. But I went down the rabbit hole. If I found an article that put up some really good evidence, like, oh, no, this virus could actually be really dangerous. Maybe we should be social distancing. Maybe I need a mask. All these different. And I just went through all of these different articles online. And I went through all of these different resources, videos, news sources. I got the World Health Organization on, like, you know, speed dial on my computer. And I was looking at these websites that tracked case numbers. And I just went full in. And what I didn't realize at the time, I now realize looking back, is I was getting more and more stressed and more and more just compressed and anxious. My my throat was getting tighter. um, And I was just realizing, oh man, uh, this virus is real. And my fight or flight instinct in my brain was kicked into overdrive. And I think we all had that experience. Think about whatever day you realize the virus is going to be a real thing. Think about it. When was it? Where were you? What were you reading? Were you watching the news? Are you old-fashioned reading a newspaper? What was the time that you realized, oh my gosh, this is going to be a real thing? See, I think we all had this very stressful experience, and the coronavirus did what a little bit of our society has been experiencing for the last few years and just made it universal. And that experience is this online anxiety. It's this online stress that we've seen especially apparent and obvious in our younger generations. So as I was listening to a couple podcasts that my boss was on, they were talking about how there's a study that was done on a couple universities here in the States and when they looked at their incoming class, and they had this incoming like, survey or whatever, and they asked the question, if we offered counseling services, 
would you use them for mental health? And what happened is in the year, in, I think it was 2019, 50% of incoming freshmen in college said that they need mental health help. And they would take it if the college offered it. Now this was a school with, I think, a 10,000 person incoming class. So that's not possible. And we were not prepared for that as a society. And we have never experienced numbers that high before. And the danger and the worry with that is that what's the cause? Why the sudden uptick? What is happening? And it's this online experience that we're all going through of seeing news headlines that are super dramatic. Or it's watching articles or watching videos of people just freaking out about whatever the problem is that they can worry about. And young people have been experiencing it for years. And especially young people on social media. But coronavirus took was what was unique to younger generations, and I think it mainlined it. It turned it to a problem for everyone. So how did we end up here? How did we end up in a place where one virus could get the entire world looking at one problem, but then we're all overly stressed out by it? And it's to an unhealthy level at this point. If I'm honest, looking at my own activity over the last few months, I've spent way too much time concerning myself with things that I have zero power to change. I'm looking at like certain cities in Italy and how many case numbers they have. I'm looking at, you know, everything that I can find online and I have a ton of friends who are doing the same thing. So how did we end up here? Now, part of my job is to be a digital marketer. So it, that's a fancy term for basically saying, I learn how to sell products online to people. And it, as a part of our company, we have these resources that are just made to help the church. So what we're trying to do is trying to create a good place on the internet. But there's a whole lot of sites and there's a whole lot of businesses that do not care whether they create a good place on the internet for you or not. They just want your clicks. Because when you click on their site, they get ad revenue. And when they get ad revenue, they make more money. And it's just a never-ending cycle. So that's how we ended up here is all of a sudden people realized how to make money online. And they did it. And they started to make money off you. And they started to make money off me. And so these digital marketers over the last few years, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it's this saying of how do you boil a frog? Well, you boil a frog not by throwing it in boiling water, because the frog will jump out. And don't worry, I've never done this. Zero frogs were harmed in making this illustration. It's just a story. Um, but you don't boil a frog by throwing it in boiling water. You put the frog in lukewarm water and slowly turn up the temperature. And eventually, the frog dies. It's very brutal. But I think that's what's happened to our society is digital marketers, people who put their products up online or news sources that have to make really dramatic things, they all just create problems for us. And then they offer products that are solutions. Dave Ramsey says that we are the most marketed to society in history. And I believe him. And that's how we've ended up here. I've actually brought an example of how this happens. Um, and I want you to think, Okay, these are both headlines that could be talking about the same day. And let me show you why certain news sources choose certain things. So, coronavirus cases continue to climb at the same rate that they have been for the last three weeks. Okay? Or, 
coronavirus cases and deaths hit an all-time high today, scientists are scared. Both of these things could be true about the same day. Cases have hit another all-time high. But marketers and people who produce these websites online, they put the bottom headline out there, and what happens is that headline, your body reacts, and it goes, oh no, we're in danger. And oh no, we need to share that. And that gets us, that does actually a chemical um, reaction in our brain. And that chemical reaction is dangerous. And that chemical reaction is doing a lot of damage to us. So I, I brought a graphic to kind of show what happens when we see these crazy headlines online and how that affects us. So first, I call it the online stress cycle. So you find and read a crazy headline online. And maybe not crazy in the totally like wrong way, but just the totally intense way. And when you read that headline, your fight or flight instinct releases epinephrine. And epinephrine is, uh, I'm not an expert on this, but I talked to experts about this, and this was what they recommended to me. Actually, Brendan Ions and Nate Sedor, who are some of your own uh, here at the church, uh, they actually gave me some of this science. But, so the fight or flight instinct releases epinephrine. And what epinephrine does is it's a quick reaction, and it eats up your dopamine, it eats up your serotonin, and you just get like this. It's like ready position. If any of you were ever like in high school athletics or whatever, it was ready position. And then it wears off. And the epinephrine wears, all, wears off, but cortisol remains. And the cortisol with it brings stress. So epinephrine is the quick hit. It's the, it's the quick hit drug that our brains have. And cortisol is the slow burn. You probably didn't expect to hear about quick hits and slow burns in church, but here we are. Uh, so these two chemicals, they've taken over our brain and they've consumed our focus. And our phones have found other ways to hack other chemicals like dopamine. Dopamine, uh, every time that your phone gives you a little notification, every time you see those things come across your feed, you realize you, your brain thinks, oh, yay, and it gets this little addiction. And we, our phones have made us addicted to it. This is a very, very big problem. And it, it's, it makes me quite worried for the future. Because there isn't an easy solution out of this. Like, digital marketers aren't just going to go, oh, you know what, it's not a big deal. I mean, whatever, we'll leave it. No. What is going to happen is they're just going to keep using these, these apps. They're going to keep using these different news outlets, and they're going to keep using every means necessary to hack into our brains and get more clicks. And so I, I haven't talked about Jesus or the Bible yet, and I'm getting into that. And the really big question is, this is a really, really modern problem. And what can the church do to help our people and help the world thrive in spite of this problem? So, and maybe an even better question to ask is, what does a book as ancient as the Bible have to say about such a current issue? Because it is a really current issue, and when they wrote the Bible 2,000 years ago, or at least the part we're going to reference today, when they wrote it 2,000 years ago, it didn't have a smartphone sitting next to it. But, you know what was there? Epinephrine. Cortisol. These different chemicals were still a reality back then. 
Maybe they weren't being hacked 1,500 times a day, like our current notifications and advertisements around us are. By the way, the average person sees well into the hundreds, if not the thousands of advertisements a day now. Every single one of them saying, you're not good enough without our product, which is a problem. But so the Bible has like a mention of this, and it has an answer. And it's in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. So if you'll turn there with me, it'll be up on the screen for you. And uh, yeah, so verse 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties onto him, because he cares for you. Now, it, it's easy to take this passage a little bit wrong. Like, Dylan, are you just saying that we need to humble ourselves? Like, because of it, we're all getting stressed out online? No, that's not what I'm saying. And I, I think the, the real point of this passage lies in your definition of humility. And uh, this message and this whole, like, solution that Peter offers in First Peter is actually opposite to the, what the world is saying about humility. So the world, if they're saying how to fix your anxiety, if you go to the, the hashtags, you know, overcoming anxiety, or you look at the self-care websites, most of them that are really worldly say, oh, you need to take care of you. You know, you got to do you. You got to take care of your best self. You got to live your truth. Whatever it is, they have this whole thing that centers around you taking care of you. And God is saying the opposite. Because humility, and I'm going to reference C.S. Lewis here for our definition of humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So it's not thinking that we're nothing. It's not thinking that we're awful. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves, that we're lower, that we're less than. Humility is just turning our focus. It's just turning our direction. And what I've learned about myself and what I've learned about other people is where we look determines where we worry. So if we look at ourselves all the time, which these 1,500 or X number of advertisements we see a day, they're all screaming that. They're all screaming, you need this product or else your life won't be good enough. They're screaming, you need to go through this program today, otherwise you're going to you know, be completely irrelevant. There's all, like, they're all you-centric. And we went from 200 years ago seeing five advertisements a day, if any. We went from seeing five to seeing hundreds and thousands. That's going to mess us up. And we're just constantly hearing that message of, hey, you're not good enough without X. You're not good enough without X. You need to pay attention to this. You need to share this article. You need to tell your friends about this right now. And this message that our society is telling us is oh so wrong. It's terrible. It's inappropriate. It's not helpful. Because there's a better way. And humility, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, casting all your anxiety on him. So what God calls us to is turn our focus from ourselves, from these messages that our society is inundating us with. It's actually to turn our focus out. It's to look at the people around us, look at the brokenness in our city, Look at the people that God loves and God cares about and to look directly at God. 
And that helps. See, what's happened is the most marketed to society in history has become the least humble society in history. And it's tragic. Because humility is at the basis of so many good things in life. It's at the basis of love. It's at the basis of being selfless and giving ourselves up for others. It's the ability to look outwards. And we need more humility. So one example of this is with coronavirus, actually. Um, It was really easy to go down that coronavirus spectrum and the other tragedies that we've had in our community and uh, just to think, oh no, what if this virus hits me? Oh Oh no, what about my grandparents? Oh what no, what about my own career? What about my own X, Y, Z? And I was pretty self centered when I first went down that rabbit trail. But what happened is that I began to see what my church did. And my church did this amazing thing. I I go to a church in Blair called Country Bible, and there's some amazing people out there. But what they did is they took the list of people who were on free and reduced lunches in the school system in Blair, and they delivered them lunch every day. For the I think they're still doing it. But so they've delivered thousands of lunches since this whole thing has started. And they've been able to serve people and show Jesus' love when those same volunteers who are going to all these different people's houses could have been too concerned about themselves. But instead they looked out. And seeing that inspired me. And I went, okay, what is God doing in this time? And how can I help? And how can I lay myself down for the, the world around me? How can we use this as an evangelism opportunity? How can we use this as the church to reach more people? And that was a good reminder that when you focus on how perfect God is, you forget about how imperfect you are. I forget about how imperfect I am. Because the reality is none of us can stop this virus. This live stream could be a hundred times what it is and we still couldn't stop it. But we can show God's love through it. And we can offer this whole new lifestyle, this whole new mindset to the world around us And for those of us in the church who have been inundated with anxiety and stress from the internet and from whatever other sources of anxiety and stress we have, we have this amazing opportunity to look outward. It's so good. So I want to talk about a little bit of practical stuff too because, you know, that's very like 10,000 foot. Okay, stop looking within, look without and look at the people around you, but what are you supposed to do in your actual life to overcome anxiety today? That's the big question. Uh, How can you walk out of here with your life better in five minutes? So what can you do? Uh, uh, There's two other major ways that I'm going to offer to you today. And the first is to turn off all notifications on this. Some of you have already done that. But others of you are like, I could never, I could never turn off all my notifications. And I was the same way uh, for a long time. And uh, what finally caused me to turn off my notifications is I learned from my boss, Kerry Newhoff, I was pretty overwhelmed while working for him. And I was anxious and stressed and I wasn't doing my job very well. And he he started asking me about my life. And we got to this point where he said, How's your phone? Is it like, do you have all your notifications on? 
And uh, I said, yeah, I, I do. And he said, no, you got to turn them off and just try it for a week. And uh, I did. And what happened is rather than getting the hundred or so notifications, now it's probably a couple hundred that I would get if I had all my notifications on for all of my apps. Now I get four because exceptions can apply with this principle. And the exceptions are there's this tool on uh, iPhones, at least, where you can actually allow some notifications to get through when you turn off all those for certain contexts. So turn on texts and calls from your boss, turn on texts and calls from your wife, you know, whatever you can do. Uh, Whoever needs to have direct access to you, turn it on. But everyone else, shut them down. You'll check your phone 10 times an hour anyways, so it's not like there will be a big delay. All it'll do is if you're focused and if you're doing something important with life or if you're serving other people, you won't get interrupted by not priority things on here. Not to mention, some of the people watching this have every single notification on for every single app on your phone, and oh my goodness, that's overwhelming to think about. So just try it with me. Just try to turn down the notifications for a week and see what happens. When I did it, I actually stopped using like 10 apps that I had used for years. Uh, one of the biggest being Snapchat, which I'm really not a big fan of anyways. But what I realized is like three weeks into this trial, I realized I hadn't checked Snapchat once since getting rid of it off my phone. This was a few years back. Um, but What that told me is that Snapchat and its notifications that its digital marketers and developers had designed was running me. I wasn't running it. And my guess is there's a whole bunch of apps on your phone that are doing the same. And I want you to have that control back. And as the church, that will help us be less anxious, uh, just in our daily lives and at work. And it'll make us better employees, too, which is always good. Um, So that's the first big thing. Uh, that I would say that, you know, practically walking out of here, um, you can do. The second thing is a little bit bigger, uh, and it is to register for the Stressed Out Zoom webinar. And uh, it's something that I, with this sermon, cannot answer a lot of questions for you. Like anxiety, stress, burnout, depression, struggles at work, struggles at school, Like, there are way too many questions about this topic for me to cover in a sermon. But what we're doing with this this, uh, seminar is we're giving this opportunity for two hours where I won't be the one talking. I'll be asking some questions, but we'll have two experts in with us, in Brendan Irons and Nate Sedor. And they will be able to answer the deeper questions. They're both licensed counselors. Brenda has her doctorate. Like, they, they are very impressive and very smart minds. And they will be able to answer live questions from you as the audience. They'll also be able to give a little bit more teaching into different areas. And they'll be able to answer deeper questions about, you know, what do I do if my kid is already struggling with anxiety? What do we do about cell phones? And I'll keep answering some questions about digital, but they'll dive into all of the other areas of life. Because digital is only 10% of the problem. Maybe. The rest of it, just how we live our lives. So, I cannot recommend enough, come to this seminar. Be there. We'll help answer all of the questions that I could never answer in a sermon. And uh, they'll be able to help you in whatever ways they can. Uh, 
Also, if you go down to the link below, which is kingofkingsomaha.org forward slash stress, if you go and register right now or register anytime before the event, if you register and you can't make it, we'll send you the recording afterwards. So it, we'll make sure to get it into your hands, get whatever other help we can have. And then from there, hopefully you can build a relationship with Brenda and with the core and with King of Kings, and we can actually help your life thrive long term. So it, that's the other thing. And it feels a little bit wrong to not answer all of the questions that I've brought up in a sermon, but I'm going to do it because we need more than 20, 30 minutes to fix this problem. And it's a very big problem for all of us. So go and register for that now. Uh, I'm going to pray us out. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just this amazing church. Thank you so much for amazing resources like the, the ones that this church provides with the core and just with all of the different services that they do as a church. Thank you for Greg. Thank you for him asking me and giving me the opportunity to come and share with these people. And Lord, I just pray for everyone watching right now. Maybe they realize that it's been hard not to check their phone too much while they're watching this sermon. I just pray that you show them that there's deeper learning to be had in this area for all of us, myself included. And uh, Jesus, I just pray that you're going ahead of us into our city and that you're going ahead of the church into reaching more people with the gospel. In your heavenly name, I pray that we serve and we do exactly as you would hope that we would do throughout this next week. In your name I pray, amen. Go register for the seminar right now. Go. Click the link, whatever you can, get there, and I'll see you all there. Thank you.